One of the biggest things that we talk about in our council meetings and things is how can we get folks discipled? Uh, and discipled is, and if you break down the word disciple, it's just a follower of Christ. And, and we want to teach them the Bible. We want to build into them good things. We want to help them to grow in the Lord because when you give your heart to Jesus and you're baptized, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of following Christ and, and be, being a Christian. Well, at the end of that discipling, our main goal, our main goal is so that people can tell others about Jesus. That's the main goal of discipling is that so we're going to get to a point where everyone in this room, everyone that's a believer, everyone in the world that's a believer would be able to share their faith with someone in their own special way. And guys, I'm going to just give you a, a way this morning. This is not the only way. This is not you might not even be the best way for you. But I, I found this, and I thought it'd be a, a way to start, a way to share. But there's many ways to share your faith, all right? There's many ways to do that. But if we can get everyone that is able to share their faith, I think we'll be way, way down the road for where we need to be for Christ. I uh, found this app this week. It's called Share Your Faith. And uh what, what is something that we all have on us every day of our life nowadays? Everybody say it. Is your phone, all right? Do you always carry your Bible? Probably not. Do you always have your Bible in your car? Probably not. Do you always have your phone? Probably so. And this is a really cool app. And you go, well, Brother Todd, I'm, I'm one up in years. I don't have an app. I don't even know what an app is. And I understand that. We're going to show you how to draw this if you'd like to. But again, there's other ways to do it. This is just, I thought, was a very neat way of sharing your faith. Now, let's go to the next screen, guys. Now, here's some questions that you might get asked. Now, the first time we, we get thinking about sharing our faith and witnessing, oh, we're going to go knock on doors, and I'm going to talk to strangers. And I don't know, Brother Todd, that kind of scares me. And so what I want us to understand is sharing our faith is not always that. And it can be that, and that's a great thing to do. But guys, sharing our faith, it is, it is sharing with our family. It's sharing with our neighbors, with people that we love, with people that we work with. It's people that you know already. Now, this particular method kind of has a sports analogy in it, which I like. You know, I like sports. I, I liked the Razorbacks till yesterday, and I'm still kind of heartbroken about that. But anyway. But everybody has a long journey and some are, are shorter than others on spiritual, their spiritual journey to find Christ. Some people find it real early in life at a, a young age. I was like nine years old. Some found Christ at five, six, seven. Others didn't find him until they were in their teens. Others, their thirties. Some all the way up, and we've seen in this church, into their eighties. And so some, some journeys are, are longer than others. But when they get to that point, and we use a terminology in football called the red zone. When you get to the 20-yard line about to score, how can you get that ball on across the line and score the touchdown? When people come to us and they're in the red zone, they're in that zone where they, they want to know more about God. They want to give their heart to Christ. How can we explain to them to get them on across the goal line and realize that there is eternal life in Jesus Christ and get them to accept that and to ask Jesus into their life and to begin to live with him? How do we do that? How do we do that? And that's what we want to try to do. We want to try to get them across that goal line. Now, here's what I'm talking about. What if your sister tells you she's getting a divorce and she feels so alone? 
Somebody in your own family comes up to you and I just feel so alone. I don't have anybody. The question is wide open. Do you know Jesus? It's right there. It's right there, guys. One of the greatest things or one of the biggest things about winning souls and sharing your faith is to be listening for key things, to be listening for key questions. What do you think about this world? You think there's, who do you think made all this? Or do you go to church on Sunday? Does it really have a, a part in your life? How important is church to you? Bing, 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 the lights are going off. They're asking questions. They're at the 20-yard line, and they're trying to figure out what this is about. They're ready to understand Christ. What's another question you might face? Next screen. What if your mom finds out she has terminal cancer and wants to know what happens when she dies? Can you tell her? Now, listen, I'm your pastor, and I don't mind at all when you pick up the phone and call me, and I'll come, and we'll, we'll talk to them about their soul. I love doing that. But I want you to know how to do that, too. I want you to know how to do that because sometimes you can speak to your mom better than anybody can. What if she don't know Christ? What if she knows she's facing death? Can you share with her? What's another question we might have? What if your best friend tells you he's quitting his job because it lacks purpose in his life? I don't have any purpose. I don't don't even know why I'm living. And guys, we hear that from 15 on up now. We see kids taking their life. We see people taking their life. I have nothing to live for. I have no purpose. And guys, right there is a way. Do you know about Jesus? Let me tell you what he has done for me. And and that is so important in this whole process, guys. In this whole process, whether you use share your faith or the Roman road we're going to talk about tonight or sharing Jesus without fear, whatever, whatever you want to share, it's about you telling people what Jesus has done for you. Anybody can do that. Can, I, can you talk about your kids? Yep. Can you talk about your grandkids? Yep. Guys, listen to me. Every one of us that knows Jesus as Savior are to be able to talk about their Lord. We are to be able to tell people what he's done. And listen, if you can't remember but one verse, John three sixteen, you can take that one verse and lead someone to Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall never perish but have everlasting life. You can can take that one verse and lead someone to Christ and breaking that verse down and teaching that to them. But here's, here's some other. What's another? What if your kids or grandkids ask you after bedtime prayers, how can I get saved? How many's had that happen? I know y'all have had that happen before. I've heard y'all talk about it. How can I get saved? What's this saved mean, Mom and Dad? I heard about it at Sunday school this week. What's saved mean? Wouldn't you want to be able to lead your kids to Christ? Guys, the most wonderful thing in this world. It's greater than seeing them excel in anything that they do. And it's great to see your kids excel. But the most wonderful thing in the world that a parent can do is lead their children to Christ. There's nothing better. There is nothing better. And you talk about a peace that passes understanding. It will give you that. It will give you that. So, one more. I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to these questions, Brother Todd, and the moment passed. Now listen, let me help you remind you of this. We are not responsible for them to give their life to Jesus. We are only responsible for telling them the story. We're only responsible for telling the story. We're not responsible for the results. The Holy Spirit 
and Jesus and the Holy Spirit drawing them is going to bring them salvation. As much and as bad as you want anyone to be saved, you cannot make them or you cannot be saved for them, but you can present the plan of salvation and then they have the opportunity through the free will that God has given them to say yes to the plan of salvation. The app that I found this week is this one here. Well, one more. Excuses for not sharing. Go back, guys. Go back one more. Excuses for not sharing. I'm afraid. I don't know what to say. I don't know my Bible well enough. I'm afraid I will mess it up. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. I'm afraid they'll think that I'm judging them. What I like about this app is that it lets them make the decisions. It lets them judge themselves. And guys, that's what it's about. Christ is going to shine the light on their life. And if there's sin in our life, we know as Christians, it, 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 you see it. When the light of Christ shines on you and the Holy Spirit convicts you, you know if there's sin in your life or not. You see it and you're convicted by it and you ask for forgiveness. When God's word is read to a person and when they see what God has done for them, it's going to convict them to accept him as Savior. Now, it don't mean they're going to do it, but it's going to convict them and they've got a choice to make. They've got a choice to make. Now, this is the app I was talking about. It's free. It's called Share Your Faith app. And if you look in your apps, there's a little square that's got a blue background with a cross and a guy there, okay? And many of you got it on your phone already. I've got it on my iPad. You can download it to your iPad. You can download it to your phone. You can also draw this out on a napkin if you're at the dinner table with your friend. And that's why I want you to take this sheet and draw with me, and you can draw this. It's called the bridge diagram. Many of you have seen this before, but this is just a really cool way to present it to folks because all you got to do is just take your phone out and start sharing with them about the gospel of Christ. First of all, this morning. Just a second. That's, what, that's the fun you get with dealing with the iPads, right, uh, Steve? Remember Steve doing that? All right. Let's start. Key question. Here's the key question that I like to ask people when I'm leading them to Christ. First of all, let me ask you this. How many has ever been shown how to lead someone to Christ? How many, let me, well, I'm sorry. How many has never been shown how to lead someone to Christ? Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. If you've never been shown how to lead someone to Christ, raise your hand. Okay. All right. How many has been shown how to lead someone to Christ? Raise your hand. All right. Many of you. All right. That's good. That's good to know. That's good to know. That makes me feel good. All right, here's, here's a key question. In your opinion, all right, it lays it in their lap. In your opinion, what does it take for a person to go to heaven? Now, they could give you a bunch of answers to that, okay? They might say to be good, to do good things, to go to church, all right? All those answers are what we call works answers, all right? They're going to work their way to heaven. All right? They're working their way to heaven in some way, shape, or form. That's what they feel. And listen, a majority of people that you ask what it takes to go to heaven, they're going to give you this answer, these kind of answers. To go to church, to be good, to love your family, to take care of my family, to love my wife. All these things they're going to give you, but those are works answers. And we know that you don't work your way to heaven. We know that it's by the grace of Jesus Christ. Then say, would you like to know for sure? They might say, I don't really know. They might say, I don't know. You know, I've heard a lot of things. And they might say, to believe in Jesus Christ. If they say that, man, you're ready to go. All you got to do is just show them a few more things. 
And then you say, can I show you something? And then you pull out your phone. Right here on your phone, everybody's familiar with a phone, you all right? Let me show you something here on my phone. Let me show you something on my napkin here as we draw. All right, the first slide is this one right here, us and God. On your little sheet there, write us and write God. Unless you've got your app, you can open your app. This is one time I'll let you look at your phone during church, and you say, well, I do that every time, so okay, it's up to you. But you, you write down there us, and you write down God, okay? And the key word here is relationship. Now, if you have this app, if you have this app, you can take and slide up this little arrow right here, all right? You can take and slide this up. And this will give you, go to the next page. This will give you this right here, and I kind of condensed it just a little bit, but God loves us and wants to have a relationship with us, all right? And then it gives you this verse. You go down here to the bottom where it says verse. If you tap on that, it pops these verses up, and you got them right there to read to them. They're right there. These verses, Jeremiah 31, 3, John 17, 3, John 10, 10. Let me give you a couple of those verses. I'll just read them to you. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. John 10, 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so it's talking about God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. All right, the next page. But there was something that went on here. Something happened. And we got separated. Draw those lines up that separated us from God. All right? You, on your napkin there, right at, right at the dinner table, you can write those things down there. And we were separated. Now, in that separate, now go to the next screen. But we have chosen to go our own way. This is what you see when you raise up the separation part there with the orange arrow. We've chose to go our own way, and our sins have caused separation between us and God. Our sins have caused separation between us and God. Our Bible verses say this. But Isaiah 59, 2, it is your sins that separate you from God. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. So we're showing them that because of our sin, we have been separated from God. All right? All right? Got that? Next screen. Now we draw a little man, and we got an arrow going across, and this was the good works answer. I'm going to do good works. I'm going to do good things. All right? And I'm going to try to get over to God. What do you notice there? You don't get over there. You can't make it. You cannot be good enough to go to heaven. Go next screen, please. We try to do good works to get right with God. And that's what a lot of people are trying to do. They're trying to do enough good things trying to do enough good things to get right with God. It says here in our verses, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Romans 3.20 Titus 3 God saved us. It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves had done, but because of his own mercy that he has saved us. All right? That's that we, we can't be good enough. And we want him to understand it's because of the grace of God. All right? Next screen. Now, we have an error where we fall short. No matter what we do, we fall short of the glory of God. 
We fall short of the glory of God. It says no one is perfect. We all sin and fall short of God's standard. Romans 3.23, many of you know that verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here's another one in Matthew 5, a, a bigger verse that sometimes we don't read. But listen to this. Jesus said, you've heard if you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say that if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in their heart. Sometimes they'll say, but I've never killed anybody. I, I've, never, I've never stolen from anybody. I, I've never hurt anybody. But this verse says if we've even thought about it, if we've even thought about it, and it, it shows the sin we have. We, we can't suppress the sin in our life, guys. We can try to be the very best person we can, and if you're like me, that sin was going to rear its ugly head from time to time. It just comes out. And so no matter how much we try to suppress it and how much we try to convince ourselves that we haven't hurt somebody or we haven't done something wrong, even if we've thought about it, we have sinned in the eyes of God. And so we fall short. We fall short of the glory of God. Our next screen. Now, since that we can't get to God, our only option is we're going to die without God. If we look at it this way, all right? If something doesn't happen, if somebody doesn't do something, we're going we're to die. We're going to die in our sins. We're going to spend eternity with, without the Lord if something doesn't happen. And so death incures. Next screen. The Bible says the penalty of our sin is death, and that's spiritual separation from God. That's what you see when you raise up the little orange arrow there by death. Everything's right there on your phone. Everything is in your hand when you're talking to someone. You don't have to, you don't have to get off task. Now, they might ask, they might take you way out in the country somewhere on, on a different thing, or a different question, or, or what about this, or, or what about, you know, what about if I don't go to church when I get saved, or do you have to be baptized to be saved? Say, let's look at this, and then we'll talk about that next. Bring them back into the conversation. That's what's good about this. It keeps you on task, because there's going to be a lot of questions out there, and you say, look, that's a very good question. And we're going to answer that question, but let's get this right first, and then we'll go to those questions, all right? Because, listen to me, when you're trying to talk to someone about their soul, the devil will use a thousand things to distract them. He's going to use a thousand things to distract them. That's why it's really good to do this one-on-one. -on -one. Now, if you're in one of them rare moments when you're all in the break room and everybody wants to know at once, amen. But if you look back to Jesus, when he was sitting at the, at the well, the woman at the well, the first thing he did is he talked to her about something she knew. You knew what she knew about was water. She knew every day that she went out and got water and brought it back. Got water and brought it back. When you're talking to somebody, when you're meeting somebody maybe for the first time, we're talking about more right now with family and things people we already know, but maybe it's somebody you don't know, find something you have in common with them and begin to share and talk about that. And that gets them to understand that you care. All right? We have to show them that we care through Jesus. But we look at this, and we, all we've got is death. All we have is death to face us. Romans 6, 23 says this. If I can get it to work. For the wages of the penalty for sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There, there is death. There is death coming, but there is a way through that. 
And you can say, look, everyone's going to die. There's no way around that. Everyone's going to die. But there is a way through that. Remember what it says in Psalms 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. A shadow can't hurt you. It's got a way through. Jesus is going to give you a way through as we go. Next screen. Now comes the cross. Draw your cross in there. And the cross bridges the gap between us and God. Isn't that great? The cross bridges the gap. All right? Go to the next screen, please. But God has done a wonderful thing for us, tell them. Shouldn't we, something we couldn't do for ourselves. And I think that's so very important. Because in the world today, people want to feel like they've got to do something to earn what they have. And that's a good thing. We've all taught our kids that you're going you're gonna to earn, you know, you earn what you get. And we've all taught our kids that. But in this, with Jesus Christ, this is something that you cannot do for yourself. Only Jesus can do this for you. Only Jesus can do this for you. He provided a way back through Jesus with his death on the cross. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I want to do this for you. I want to do this for you. Next screen. That cancels the, the penalty of death. Yes, we're going to die physically, but we're not going to die spiritually if we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. That cancels, the, he paid the debt. We have a debt, and you can talk to him. You know your debts. You know, you, you have bills, and, and you've got to pay them. Nobody pays them for you. But this is a thing that Jesus paid for you. He paid the price for you so that you can cancel spiritual death, and you can be with him forever in heaven. He paid that price. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. Let me read you a couple verses here. But God, in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Romans 1, 4, if Christ was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you talk to him about his resurrection, it, it showed that he was God. It showed that he was God's son. It showed that he had paid the price, that the price had been paid for, and that, that debt had been canceled. It had been, the, the, the sacrifice had been made, had been accepted by Christ. And Jesus did that for us. And now we are to receive Christ. We are to receive Christ. Next screen. But it's not enough to just know this, all right? Many people know about God. The Bible says even the devil believes. But he says it's not enough just to know it. It says we need to receive Christ by asking him to forgive us and come into our life. To forgive us and come into our life. And you, you show, as you show him that, go one more screen. Now, what you do next is you draw a circle around the whole thing. And this focuses it all in. And you ask this question. It says it right there on your phone. Does this make sense to you? Does this make sense to you? 
And, and they, get to, they get to just look at it for a minute. They get to just think. Well, here's me over here on the left. I'd like to get to God. I don't want to die. I, from what, what they've showed me, I can't be good enough. And so if they say it, does it, it makes sense. Now, some might say this, well, it's too simple. That's too simple. But you know what? It's made to be simple. It's made so that a five-year-old can understand it and a 105-year-old can understand it. It's made to be simple. Remember what Jesus said? Unless you have the faith of a child, you can't understand it. It's made to be simple. And we want people to understand that. We, we think it's got to be something big, but accepting Christ is, is a simple process. Now, is it, a, is it a lifelong thing? Yes. Is it difficult some days? Yes, because we live in a sinful world. But the, sin, the, the price that Jesus paid, the salvation that he wants to give to you, is a very simple thing. It's a very simple thing. The next screen, next thing we do is we circle them up there. See how we've circled the little man? Based on this diagram, and now this is where they judge yourself. We don't want them to feel like we're judging them or calling them a sinner. I mean, God's going to do that through the Bible. But we say, we, we circle them, we say, based on this diagram, where are you in this relationship with God? Are you over here? Have you ever received Christ? And they may say, no, I'm over here on the right-hand side. When I was a little child, I, I accepted Christ. Amen. Tell me about that. Because some people, it's kind of like selling them stuff. They might just say, uh, just give me one. They might not believe in it. They just, okay, I'll pray with you. If, you. if that'll get you to shut up, I'll pray with you. That's not what they're going to say out loud, but that might be what they're thinking. But say, yeah, great. Tell me about it. And they may say something like, well, I've been going to church all my life. Is that, is that a good answer? No. You know. They may say something like, well, uh, my mom's been a member down there at church for a long time. Does that make them a Christian? No. And so it gives you an opportunity to talk to them a little bit more. Say, look, there's only one way. God, only through Jesus can you. And this decision's up to you. Remember what it says? Based on this diagram, where are you? Not mama, not grandma, not your wife, not your kids. Where are you in this, this diagram? Are you still over here on the left? And if you die, you're going to die in your sins, and you're, going to, you're not going to be able to go to heaven with Jesus? You're going to die and spend an eternity in hell? Is that where you are? Now, next one. Would you like to receive Christ and cross over to God? See the bridge? The bridge is the cross. How do you get from here to God? You go through the cross. How do you get to know Christ as Savior? You go through the cross. Go back to John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you like to receive Christ? Now, they may say, I don't think I'm ready today. And you say, that's okay. That's okay. I want you to think about what I've talked about to you today. Here, here, here's the app. You download it on your phone and you look through it again. But I want you to know whenever you want to, Whenever you feel God speaking to you, you can ask him to save you, and he will. Or if you want to call me, I'll come over to your house, and we'll, I'll, I'll pray with you. But don't, don't, you know, don't feel like they're failure. Just say, it's okay. Because sometimes, you all know, it didn't, maybe, uh, many of us, we, didn't, we weren't saved the first time God called us. But here's another way. We light that candle one at a time, as Sarah talked about. We continue to show the light. Now, here's the next thing. If they say, yeah, I'd like to receive Christ, 
Here's some things we want to do. Look there on your sheet. Pray to receive Jesus as Savior. Go, Brother Todd, I, here's where I get stumped. I don't know how to pray with them. I don't know how to, what to tell them to pray. Here's some basic things here that you need to include in your prayer. And it can be from their heart, however, but it says your need for Jesus to forgive me and to come into my life. Those three important phrases right there. Need, I need you, Jesus. Forgive me and come into my life. That's, that's what your prayer would say. Prayer is talking with God. It's your heart talking to God's heart. Pray this prayer from your heart. Christ will forgive you and come into your life. Here's a sample. Lord Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me for all I've done wrong. Please come into life and begin to lead me. I pray this as sincerely as I know how. Amen. And there's your, there's your model prayer. Now, is there any wrong way to pray? No. It's from your heart. They may want to pray on their own. They may want you to help them. But you just, you just listen to what they're saying. Next screen. Now, the moment they receive Christ, when you raise up, when they raise up from that prayer, isn't that wonderful? And most times, guys, when I've been involved in this, you see a big old smile come on their face. You see their whole countenance change because God has done something miraculous in their life. And right away, you confirm to them what they've got now. And that's what this does. Oh, amazing. ESPN. What do you mean? You know how ESPN always shows you the highlights? Here's the highlights of what you just received when you received Christ. You've got eternal life now. Tell them that. So you know what? Right now, you have eternal life. Man, you celebrate with them. No matter whatever happens to you now, man, you're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And we're going to be there together, man. You get excited about that. And you tell them they've got eternal life. Next one. Your sins are forgiven. Everything that you've ever done, everything that you've ever felt like you were a failure at, anything you've ever done wrong in your life, it's been forgiven. Celebrate with them. Next one. You now have a personal relationship with God. He's not somebody way far off out there. He's not that great granddaddy in the sky in a rocking chair that don't know about you. You have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He knows about you. He loves you. And he's wanting to show you how to live life to the full and to the abundant. And then the last one, he's never going to leave you. Isn't that good to know? He's never going to leave you, guys. You may be sitting here this morning, been saved 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. Guys, isn't it great to still know after all these years, God will never leave us. Isn't it great to know we have these things right here and we can celebrate with them. God will never leave you. Eternal life, sin's forgiven. All these things happen when you receive Christ. And these are in your little things as you slide them by and talk to them. Next screen. The beginning. Now, what, what do I do next? What do we do next? And I put some of those things on your sheet this morning. Read the Bible. Usually, they encourage folks to read the book of John. You know, we preached through the whole book of John just a few months ago. And John just kind of shows you who Jesus is and, and what it was about. And it, it takes you down through everything that he taught the disciples. And, and it takes you through his, his uh, uh, living on this earth and, and being a, a wonderful Savior, one that cared for people. And it takes you through his death on the cross and his resurrection. And it's just a wonderful book. Spend time with others who know God personally. So many times when folks give their heart to Jesus, they don't come and get involved with other believers, and it's hard out there by yourself. You've got to have this band of brothers and sisters. That's why we scream and scream all the time, please come to church. 
Please come to church. Please come here as much as you can because this is a great army to be a part of. It's great to come here and, and pray and worship God together and fill our batteries and charge our batteries so we can go back out in the world. Become involved in a church where Christ is preached, a Bible-teaching church. And I would add this, seek to, to, seek to be baptized soon. Say, that didn't save you, but it's, it really confirms. and it, It's that first big step to tell everybody that you belong to Jesus now. And it's just, when someone's baptized, it just, it, to me, it kind of makes it real in their own life, you know? We know they're saved, but it's just kind of like, a, okay, I got it, I got it, you know? Trust God in every detail of your life. Tell them that. You've got to trust God with everything. And then the other one is rely on the Holy Spirit moment by moment. Not day by day or week by week, but moment by moment. That's something we need to be reminded of, guys, as being God's people, to rely on the Holy Spirit moment by moment. He shows us how to live. He shows us what to do, what not to do. He convicts us. He does some great things. Next screen. Here's kind of a sad stat. Less than 10% of born-again Christians will share their faith before they die. 10%. One out of every 10 of you is all that's ever going to share with somebody else. Now, let me give you a few more things. We're just about done. Here's what I want you to do on your sheet. I want you to write down three people that you're not sure if they're saved or not. Three people. And you might not, you say, well, I can't think right now. But, and guys, that's another problem that we have. We don't know any lost people. It's because we, we kind of stay with ourselves, we, and that's good. But I guarantee if you look around, if you work in a job or whatever, you'll know some lost people. Or maybe you don't know. Maybe you just don't know. I've heard a sad story about people working. I've worked with you for 15 years. I didn't know you went to church. Mm. Guys, they ought to know we, we believe in God. They ought to know that, that God and church and all that's important in our life, all right? But you think about it over lunch. Write down three people, all right? Begin praying for God to open the door to you share this, this, this app with them or this little drawing that you've drawn. Take that drawing with you. You don't even have to draw it again. Say, let me, let me show you something I, I learned in church. Be ready when the opportunity presents itself. Don't let the moment slide by, okay? It's really easy to let that moment slide by. Oh, I don't know. They'll think I'm being all better than them. And just, just say, let me show you something, man. I, I love you. Guys, listen to me. If we love people and we love our family and we've got something that's changed our life, we want to share that with them, all right? So I just want to share something with you. And you can, you can think about it and do whatever you want, but I want to share something with you. Share and ask them to accept Christ if they haven't. Take them through a plan of salvation, this one or another one we're going to show you tonight, or just tell them your story, what God's done in your life. John three sixteen. any of those guys. There's, there's a, a dozen ways to lead someone to Christ. The main thing is to tell them Jesus died for their sins, rose again. That's the main thing. Just make sure you go through Jesus, all right? And invite them to church to learn more and grow more. And maybe you say, well, they live way up there. It was, I was while I was on vacation. You just tell them to find a good Bible church there where they, where they live, where they live. Is that our last, that's our last screen today. I've got more today at 5 o'clock. Come on back, and we'll teach some more. I want you to be ready in every season, every, every opportunity you get a chance. If you guys would, put those back up there, our, our thoughts. Go back up, too. We'll look at this tonight. But go back, too, if you would, Russell. Not, not quite that far, but where that black and white was, about writing down three people so they can think about that. That right there, thank you. Let's bow our heads together. Now, I want you to think about something a minute. I've given you a lot of information here. 
Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've not accepted Christ. Maybe we've just walked all these people through how to share Christ. And you go, you know what, Brother Todd, that spoke to me. I'm still over there on the left-hand side. I've not crossed over to Jesus. I've not crossed over to God through Jesus. We'd like to see you come to know Christ today. Can you feel him speaking to you? Maybe you've been wanting to accept Christ. And, and God, listen, don't try to make it too complicated. It's a very simple plan with a God that knows everything. Maybe today you'd say, I'm afraid to come up front. Maybe you'd like to just, everybody's head's bowed, every eye's closed. Maybe you'd like to raise your hand and say, will somebody come back and pray with me? If you'll just raise your hand, I will send somebody that I know and trust back to you, and they will show you, and they will pray with you. You've already been shown what to do. They will pray with you so you can accept Christ. Anybody like to do that this morning? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's, it's just you and God. Would you like to raise your hand this morning and say, I want to be saved. I've waited long enough. I'm ready. We'll come right to you guys. I promise. You keep thinking, all right? To us others that have accepted Christ, you start praying for those that you know are lost. And say, Lord, I, I want to I be a better soul winner for you. I, I want to be able to share the gospel. Lord, I thank you for the tools that we have nowadays. Guys, you think of all the modern technology and everything. We have a phone now that we can have the plan of salvation in our hand at a moment's notice. And we can start walking people through it. Even God has taken technology and putting his own touch on it so it can be used to further the kingdom. Think about the time that you got to lead someone to Christ, how great that was. Ask yourself this, God, just help me. Help me to start looking for folks and listen for those questions that will open the door for me to tell them about Christ. Then, Father, we come to you today, Lord. We ask you just to help us as a church, as believers, to to just give our heart to you, to worship you, to follow you, and to share. Lord, help us to do that in the days to come. Lord, whenever opportunity arises, thank you for giving us a very simple message to take. Lord, help us to not make it complicated. Help us just to trust you. I thank you for the willingness here of these people to to want to learn more and to, to be able to grow and tell others. And I just ask you to bless them. Lord, just be with us as we go out into the world now. Help us to live for you. Help us to take that candle, as Sarah sang, and shine that candle and and light others' candles with your spirit and with your way. Thank you, Lord, for this time. And, Lord, teach us now and continue to keep this on our mind. Lord, bring those people to our mind that we don't know whether they're saved or lost and give us that opportunity this week. In your precious name we pray. Amen.